tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I recently surveyed my audience to create a free ebook, which you can get in the show notes. And one of the questions was, what's your biggest struggle in sobriety? And I was shocked to see that almost every response said boredom. I know that that's a major trigger, but I expected more of a balance between boredom and negative emotions. In this episode, you'll learn about why some people are more likely to feel bored, how this relates to drinking, and what you can do to manage boredom in sobriety. You'll learn about why some people are more likely to respond to boredom in positive ways while others turn to alcohol to cope. So let's dig in.
Studies have found that some people are more prone to feeling bored than others. Kids that feel bored more often are 50% more likely to start drinking or using drugs than their peers. And people who get bored easily include people that struggle with ADHD, people who are over and under sensitive to stimulation, and people who don't know what activities might be engaging enough to not be boring. Maybe you fall into all three of those categories. We're sensitive to stimulation, and we're always chasing this artificial high feeling from alcohol. We go from extreme highs to extreme lows, and we get used to that cycle. When things are peaceful and calm, we think it's boring, but peace and boredom are not the same thing. In the last category, not knowing what activities might be engaging enough to not be boring, that's definitely us. We give up our hobbies because they don't involve drinking, so your only hobbies might be sitting around or standing around. And that's really boring when you don't have alcohol to make it seem fun. We use alcohol to enhance boring experiences like sitting around watching TV all night or not knowing what to do on the weekend. So instead of having to find something interesting to do, we just drink and then we immediately start having fun. But real life doesn't work that way. So in sobriety, you need to be willing to try new things and find hobbies and activities that you enjoy. You can't just expect to remove alcohol and then move on. You were probably doing really boring things while you were drinking. Try to imagine yourself doing whatever you did while you were drinking, but imagine yourself drinking water instead. And for the same length of time you did whatever that activity was. It's probably painfully boring. The frontal cortex influences our ability to experience boredom. And research has found that people with traumatic brain injury affecting the frontal cortex are more prone to boredom. Alcohol damages all areas of the brain, but especially the frontal cortex. And this is the area of the brain that helps us control impulses and regulate emotions. People with greater self-control are also less likely to experience boredom. And when I say self-control, I think it's easy to immediately associate that with strong people versus weak people or good people versus losers, but that's not what it's about. Self-control is your ability to control your impulses and manage your emotions. It's not about your morality. So if you're impulsive and your emotions often feel overwhelming, then you may not be the best at self-control. And drinking makes us even more impulsive and even less able to manage our emotions. So it probably makes us more prone to boredom too, and then we drink to cope with the boredom, creating a cycle that causes more boredom and then more drinking. Just like with any feeling, we can respond to boredom adaptively or maladaptively. The maladaptive response would be to drink, emotionally eat, or do the scroll on your phone, watch TV at the same time combo. And I do that last one all the time. Ways to respond to boredom adaptively are trying a new hobby, reading a book, calling a friend, go somewhere, write, do some self-care, basically just do something different than what you're currently doing. 
boredom is a signal that what you're doing at the moment isn't working for you. And it's okay and normal to feel bored sometimes. It's a part of the human experience. But if you're bored often, then that's a sign that you need to try new things. Studies have found that escaping boredom is one of the most common reasons that teens will drink. People who are prone to boredom also frequently report feelings of hopelessness, loneliness, distractibility, lack of motivation, and a general dissatisfaction with life. And all of those are triggers to drink to cope. A 2021 study published in the Journal of Health Psychology looked at patients in a hospital either for digestive diseases or alcohol use disorder. And the people there for digestive diseases were the control group. The patients with AUD had higher scores for both boredom proneness and depressive symptoms. And this study found that the more someone drank, the more depressive symptoms they had, which we know, but also the more boredom they experienced. So the more you drink, the more boredom you experience. And also the more someone drank, the less social support they had and the less they exercised. The patients that had AUD said they felt bored because of a constant need for variety and change. There are two types of boredom, state boredom and trait boredom. So state boredom is situational. And once you change your environment or what you're doing, the boredom will pass. Trait boredom, though, is also called boredom proneness, and that is your natural ability to experience boredom. Some people just get bored easier and more frequently than other people. It's like you have a low boredom threshold. So we're all born with a different boredom threshold, and some people just have a really low one, so they frequently get bored. And we can't talk about boredom without talking about the pandemic and its effect on boredom. A 2022 study looked at boredom during the pandemic. So they surveyed almost 800 people from the U.S. ages 18 to 73. There was about a 50-50 split between men and women, but 75% of the participants were white. They used data from 2018 to get a pre-pandemic baseline, and then they took four time points during the pandemic to assess boredom. The boredom proneness scale is a way to assess trait boredom, and it includes true or false questions like, time always seems to be passing slowly. Frequently, when I am working, I find myself worrying about other things. I am often trapped in situations where I have to do meaningless things. Many things I have to do are repetitive and monotonous. Much of the time, I just sit around and do nothing. I am good at waiting patiently. Among my friends, I am the one who keeps doing something the longest. I'll send this out in my weekly email, which you can sign up for in the show notes if you want to look at it more. But there's a similar survey for state boredom or situational boredom. So they collected data on boredom from the participants four times between March and July 2020. Obviously, boredom increased for everyone during the pandemic. But the participants who had higher levels of boredom proneness or trait boredom had worse outcomes for their mental health compared to people 
experiencing state boredom. People who were prone to boredom also increased their substance use, had less hope for the future, and took less precautions against the vid. And they were also more likely to test positive for the vid. Between March and July 2020, there was an increase in distress, loneliness, and substance use at each of the four time points. But for people that were not prone to boredom, who were just experiencing state boredom from being home with nothing to do, they did increase their alcohol use, but there was no association with state boredom and higher levels of depression, anxiety, stress, or loneliness. So even though the people who were experiencing situational boredom drank more alcohol, their mental health didn't suffer as much as the people who were prone to boredom. So the conclusion was people who are not prone to boredom will find adaptive ways of managing increased boredom from things like the pandemic. These people also had more hope for the future than boredom-prone people, and they had a positive outlook on what their life will look like in a few years. So this positive outlook may come from them believing that they have opportunities to make things better for themselves. So I think it's really interesting that the people with situational boredom had hope, and the people who were prone to boredom felt hopeless. And we all know feeling hopeless is not very motivating to change your situation. The researchers from this study describe boredom proneness as someone struggling to manage their attention effectively, so they turn to maladaptive strategies like alcohol, drugs, or risky sex. Boredom prone people may not believe that there are better ways to use their time, so they turn to high risk behaviors or substances to enhance their experience and relieve their boredom. I've found that I get bored when I watch too much TV, when I'm anxious about something, or when I'm antsy and I feel restless. What helps me the most with boredom is being creative. My work takes up the majority of my time, but it's work that I'm passionate about and enjoy doing. So having a passion is really important. If you don't have one, then try to find a project that you can do, whether that's art, writing, learning a language, making your own website, mastering some type of exercise or sport, taking a class from your local community center, learning to cook or bake, or doing some kind of home improvement project. A lot of us will get bored and then just sit around. So of course you're going to be bored if you're not doing anything. And I know it's hard because boredom can make you feel hopeless and have low energy, but giving into it and sitting around is only going to make you feel worse. And like I said earlier, drinking to cope with boredom creates a cycle where you have even more boredom. So then you're triggered to drink more because now you have more boredom than you did before. So you can step outside of the cycle by dealing with the boredom. So push yourself to try something new. And it's also important to learn how to reframe boredom because you can't be excited and stimulated 24-7. Boredom is just a normal part of existing. And in sobriety, when we stop having those extreme highs and lows, it's easy to mistake peace for boredom. Even though it's horrible and we want to get rid of it, the chaos that alcohol brings to our life 
is exciting and stimulating. When that chaos starts to go away, you might mistake that for boredom. But having a stable, calm life is a positive thing. One of the biggest changes that I've noticed about myself is in my perspective. The world is not out to get me anymore. Sometimes it is, and I catastrophize a bit, but I can quickly reframe it now. So I'll give you an example. Recently, I was accepted to speak at my favorite podcasting conference of the year, but they put me on the one stage that I don't want to speak on. It's in this huge room where all the sponsors' booths are, and the room is really loud because people are walking around looking at all the booths and talking to the sponsors. One of my friends spoke on that stage last time, and he did a great job, but the room was so loud and it's easy for people to get distracted there. So initially, I was really upset, but I quickly realized that I can't do anything to change the situation besides give them feedback about the noise level and hope that they make some adjustments. So you know I have a tiny voice, and I'm also a little woman. So I worry that I don't have the presence to do well on a stage in a high-traffic, loud area, but I reframed it to this situation is really going to push me as a speaker. I'm going to have to work on taking up more space on stage, moving around more, and making sure my tone is really engaging. And the screen that displays the slides is also much smaller than a normal stage, so I won't be able to rely on my slides as much as I have all the times I've presented before. You can reframe your boredom like this too. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself about how you can't drink and things are boring and you're never going to have fun ever again, see it as an opportunity to try something new and discover what types of activities you actually enjoy doing. Alcohol prevents us from doing much of anything besides sitting around, so the boredom that you're experiencing is expected. Reframing is not an easy skill, so if you can't do it right away, just keep practicing. And if you're struggling with the evenings, then consider joining us for a meeting inside my Living a Sober Powered Life membership. We have a lot of fun in our community and during our meetings, and it's a good way to pass some time while you learn what types of activities you like to do. But overall, the most important thing is not to just sit around and feel sorry for yourself that sober life is boring. Put yourself out there and try something new. This is not a punishment. It doesn't mean that your life is going to suck. Try to see it as an opportunity for you to find things that you actually enjoy. So I hope that you will work on this over the next week and find a new activity or brainstorm some new things you can try. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how 
go-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.